Chapter 7 of Series Runaway and Other Essays. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Lillis. Series Runaway and Other Essays by Alice Maynell. Chapter 7 Anima Pellegrina. Every language in the world has its own phrase, fresh for the stranger's fresh and alien sense of its signal significance, a phrase that is its own essential possession, and yet is dearer to the speakers of other tongues. Easily, shall I say cheaply, spiritual, for example, was the nation that devised the name Anima Pellegrina, wherewith to crown a creature admired. Pilgrim soul is a phrase for any language, but pilgrim soul, addressed singly and sweetly to the one who cannot be overpraised, Pilgrim soul is a phrase of fondness, the high homage of a lover, of one watching, of one who has no more need of common flatteries, but has admired and gazed while the object of his praises visibly surpassed them. This is the facile Italian ecstasy, and it rises into an Italian heaven. It was by chance, and in an old play, that I came upon this impetuous, sudden, and single sentence of admiration, as it were a sentence of life passed upon one charged with inestimable deeds, and the modern editor had thought it necessary to explain the exclamation by a note. It was, he said, poetical. Anima Pellegrina seems to be Italian of no later date than Pergolesi's heirs, and suits the time as the familiar phrase of the more modern love song suited the day of Bellini. But it is only Italian, bygone Italian, and not a part of the sweet past of any other European nation, but only of this. To the same local boundaries and enclosed skies belongs the charm of those buoyant words, Felice chi vi mira, ma più felice chi per voi sospira and it is not only a charm of elastic sound or of grace. That would be but a property of the turn of speech. It is rather the profounder advantage whereby the rhymes are freighted with such feeling as the very language keeps in store. In another tongue you may sing, happy who looks, happier who sighs, but in what other tongue shall the little meaning be so sufficient, and in what other shall you get from so weak an antithesis the illusion of a lovely intellectual epigram? Yet it is not worthy of an English reader to call it an illusion he should rather be glad to travel into the place of a language where the phrase is intellectual, impassioned, and an epigram, and should, thankful for the occasion, translate himself and not the poetry. I have been delighted to use a present current phrase whereof the charm may still be unknown to Englishmen. Piuttosto Brutini. See what an all-Italian spirit is here, and what contempt, not reluctant, but tolerant and familiar. You may hear it said of pictures, or of works of art of several kinds, and you confess at once that not otherwise should they be condemned. Bruto, ugly, is the word of justice, the word for any language, everywhere translatable, a circular note to be exchanged internationally with a general meaning, wholesale in the course of the European concert. But brutino is a soothing diminutive, a diminutive that forbears to express contempt, a diminutive that implies innocence and is, moreover, guarded by a hesitating adverb shrugging in the rear rather than not. Rather ugly than not, and ugly in a little way that we need say few words about it, the fewer the better. Nay, this paraphrase cannot achieve the homely Italian quality whereby the printed and condemnatory criticism is made a family affair that shall go no further. After the sound of it, the European concert seems to be composed of brass instruments. How unlike is the house of English language in the enclosure into which a travel hither has to enter? Do we possess anything here more essentially ours though we share it with our sister Germany, then our particle un. Poor are those living languages that have not our use of so rich a negative. The French equivalent in adjectives reaches no further than the adjective itself, or hardly, it does not attain the participle, so that no French or Italian poet has the words unloved, unforgiven. 
none such therefore has the opportunity of the gravest and the most majestic of all ironies in our english the words that are denied are still there loved forgiven excluded angels who stand erect attesting what is not done what is undone what shall not be done no merely opposite words could have so much denial or so much pain of loss or so much outer darkness or so much barred beatitude in sight all present all significant all remembering all foretelling is the word and it has a plentitude of knowledge we have many more conspicuous possessions that are like this proper to character and thought and by no means only an accident of untransferable speech and it is impossible for a reader who is a lover of languages for their spirit to pass the words of untravelled excellence proper to their own garden enclosed without recognition never may they be disregarded or confounded with the universal stock if i would not so neglect piuttosto brutini how much less a word dominating literature and of such words ascendancy and race there is no great english author but has abundant possession no need to recall them but even writers who are not great have here and there proved their full consciousness of their birthright thus does a man who was hardly an author hayden the painter put out his hand to take his rights he has incomparable language when he is at a certain page of his life at that time he sat down to sketch his child dying in its babyhood and the head he studied was he said full of power and grief this is a phrase of different discovery from that which reveals a local rhyme-based epigram a gracious antithesis taking an intellectual place felice chi vi mira or the art critic's phrase piuttosto brutini of easy companionable and equal contempt as for french if it had no other sacred words and it has many who would not treasure the language that has given us no not that has given us but that has kept for itself ensoleillé nowhere else is the sun served with such a word it is not to be said or written without a convincing sense of sunshine and from the very word come light and radiation the unaccustomed north could not have made it nor the accustomed south but only a nation part north and part south therefore neither england nor italy can rival it but there needed also the senses of the french those senses of which they say far too much in every second-class book of their enormous their general second-class but which they have matched in their time with some inimitable words perhaps that matching was done at the moment of the full literary consciousness of the senses somewhere about the famous eighteen thirty for i do not think ensoleilleux to be a much older word i make no assertion whatever its origin may it have no end they cannot weary us with it for it seems as new as the sun as remote as old provence village hillside vineyard and chestnut wood shine in the splendour of the word the air is light and white things passing blind the eyes a woman's linen white cattle shining on the way from shadow to shadow a word of the senses of sight and a summer word in short compared with which the paraphrase is but a picture for ensoleilleux i would claim the consent of all readers that they shall all acknowledge the spirit of that french but perhaps it is a mere personal preference that makes le jour s'annonce also sacred but if the hymn sabbat mater dolorosa was written in latin this could be only that it might in time find its true language and incomparable phrase at last that it might await the day of life in its proper german i found it there and knew at once the authentic verse and knew at once for what tongue it had really been destined in the pages of the prayer-book of an apple-woman at an innsbruck church and in the accents of her voice End of chapter 7